Welcome to the Blair Society Podcast, where we speak about pop culture from a black nerd perspective. All right, and thank you for tuning in to the Blurred Society. Uh, today, we have on the line David. It's and Dave to you. Okay, and Dave. I hate you. Why do you have to do this? <laughs> and we have Eric J on the line. Hello, hello, hello. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in today to the Blurred Society. Uh, today's episode, we'll be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale, as well as Mortal Kombat, if time permits. Okay? So, we finally made it to the end of the line for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The legacy of that shield is... complicated. People need something to get behind. It doesn't have to be a war. It already is. If we do this, that shield represents a lot of things to a lot of people. So we're partners, co workers, not necessarily a team. No. We look damn good, though. Uh, I want to get you guys general thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale. And we'll start with um, Dave. No spoilers. Just tell us what you thought of the interview uh, of the episode. Whoa, no spoilers. My thing is full of spoilers. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, no spoilers. No, no, go for the spoilers. I'm just messing with you. Do be as free as you want to be. Oh man, just keep messing up my flow. Um, this episode, I feel like everything I said in the last episode. Remember, I was like, everything I don't want to happen, it happened in this episode, and it just pissed me <laughs> off. I don't know if I'm gonna be the only like judging by the reception online. Um, from what I've been seeing. I feel like I'm in the minority there. But the episode, minus the huge problems I have with like the messaging of the new Captain America and his journey to get there and his speeches that he was making left, right, and center for no reason at all. Um, the episode still wasn't that good. Like... I feel like we saw better episodes filmed and were better written earlier in the season. Or maybe I'm just feeling all the hate for all the messaging of it that I'm finally noticing that it wasn't that well written in the first place. I'm not sure yet. But as a whole, um, yeah, the episode I did not like at all. Wow. Um, maybe there were some very few points that uh, I was fond of. And I think we'll talk about that later when we talk about the funny or the corny moments. But the whole idea again of the new Black Captain America and 
this rush decision that was flipped from this, you know, he, he found out the truth about what happened to Isaiah Bradley. He found out some real um, enlightening information for a superhero um, and being a black person in America. But he so quickly decided to drape on his um, ugly suit. And we'll talk about that in a sec too. <laughs> you're, you're harsh. You're harsh. You know you're on the minority at this point. No, right? I, I, I totally. But that's 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 why we're doing this, right? That's how he feels. <laughs> I know he's the. I I I know he's in the minority. <laughs> the the reactions online, people are telling me that they teared up and so on and so forth. They they they, they it was really emotional for them, and so like I don't know, like I get what you're saying. To see that, I, I will quote what you remember uh, when Sam made his last speech in the end of the episode when he was talking to Isaiah Bradley, like in the back in the backyard, and he was saying all this stuff. As and though then, he's a relative, like why is he at his house like that? Right, like you ain't that close. Come on, like you like <laughs> one time and literally like poured his heart out and told one one time he kicked you out, the other time he poured his heart out. Like we're not that close. We're not family. <laughs> Um, but then the fact that he made that speech at the end about like, oh, I'm going to make my own decisions because I like know what I have to do. And I swear I'm not quoting the episode. But and then Isaiah was like, I almost bought that. That's how I feel about all the crying and the speeches and all the emotional moments that happened in this episode. I was like, I was Isaiah the whole way through. Well, not the part where he just forgave Sam all of a sudden, and he was like, don't worry, it's cool. They tortured me for 30 years. Uh, I'm declared dead. My wife died. Um, I was literally the scapegoat and like an example of what America has done to black people for 400 years. But you know what, Sam? It's okay, because you made your choice to be a black Republican. I mean, black Captain America. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay, let's move on to Eric then. Eric, give me your thoughts, your general <laughs> thoughts of the episode. Honestly, it went as I expected from last time, uh, right? I called it. Like, they're going to do some kind of switcheroo in the middle of the battle, right? They're going to take Carly off the board. The power broker is going to be doing some random stuff with Bardock, right? We, we, it's pretty much how I thought. It was a 10-minute wrap-up in 40-minute form. And... As Dave pointed out, there's some stuff that just felt rushed, and that's that's okay, right? Like uh, the the bond between Isaiah and Sam is eerily quick, and it's almost at Sam and Bucky level where they could just sh- he could just show up at his house, watch this man plant gardens and stuff. First of all, I'm surprised he got back into the house after being shown as Captain America on live TV in front of Isaiah. After he specifically said any self-respecting black man will not wear the suit. It won't, like, Isaiah's an old man and old people change their their habits very rarely. So for him to have such a quick change of heart towards what Sam's doing is a little irregular to me as well. But otherwise, I, I like the action in it. I like. I know the speeches had to come because he had to show that he's of the same mind as Steve Rogers, where it's not about 
the color of the man. It's the content of the man. And you get to see that through Sam's speeches a bit. And it was a nice little acceptance uh, there by the media when they when he immediately finishes the speech. And he's like, Cap, we've got another flag crusher that's uh, swimming off the shore or whatever. It was, a, it was nice that they accepted him that way. But overall, it's it's what I expected. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, to in my opinion. Okay. I have to go back and, and re-listen to our to our predictions here because um I think I got it completely wrong. Uh my general thoughts on it was like sure it like the action started from the immediate uh immediately and I guess that's a build up from what you got last week. Um and what happens for me was like as you said it, it kind of felt kind of rushed, but I liked it. I liked the action moments, but there were some glaring plot holes that I found that happened, like, um, like even the thing with Sharon and like, like the the people I was watching with, they even noticed they're like, "What? Why is she talking like this? If she has a microphone in her ear, right?" So, um, the moments for me. They were good. The speeches, there are parts of the speech, like the speech, and then like moments where it's like, oh, Black Falcon. And the guy's like, nah, that's Captain America. It's like, ah, you didn't have to do it, but I get why you did it because there are going to be different members of the audience who are going to be like, oh, Black Captain America or Black Falcon. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to say that because I didn't want to be, yeah, but mostly like the people who don't see it. Um, but generally, I, I thought the episode was well done, but not like the best. It could have been better, but I, I did enjoy it. Like it was, it, it was enjoyable, right? But I don't understand the tearing up thing. Uh, to be honest with you, with you guys, I don't understand the tearing up thing, and um, I, I, I didn't think it was that motivational. But I, I get the importance of, uh, of of there being a black uh superhero, a black Captain America. But it's, I don't know, it didn't hit, it didn't hit the marker for me. It didn't hit, but it, it, it was, again, it was well done. Um, let me get your thoughts on, on the actual, uh, the suit itself. Oh, you... Dave, go ahead. <laughs> I know you've been waiting on this. Batter up. You guys have been called ugly already. So, like, that's, okay. It's not fair just to call it ugly. First of all, it, it's definitely it's comic book accurate. I think last week when I was talking about it, I kept saying like black and silver. I was trying to picture in my head. Yeah. You know, there's like a blue and silver one. I think that's what I was thinking of because I really didn't want it to be red, white, and blue. And <laughs> it came out as red, white, and blue. And I was like, oh, you're killing me. But there's like, I, you know, when he was fighting a, <laughs> a GSP, <laughs> well, that's who I'll forever call him, Batrock, whatever. Um, there's... The suit just didn't, it looked like frumpy for some reason. Like it looked like it was a cosplay costume. And I was like, I don't understand why it doesn't fit better on him. Um, mm. That's a, that's what I noticing around like the, the, the chest and like his sides and stuff. But there are definitely some shots that they're like, oh, here's the suit in this glory. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I didn't want it to be red, white, and blue, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. right so that's the thing 
So I'm going to have to accept it because this is going to go on forever. But hopefully in the next, like, just like the Captain America suits in the next incarnation of whatever he's doing, they kind of tighten up the suit a bit. That's all. Okay. He did look stiff. <laughs> he did look stiff. I remember actually pointing it out to Gus when we were watching him. Like, yo, he's forced to stand up straight and, like, puff his chest out because, like, the thing's so damn tight on him that if he slouches, it's probably going to rip on the seat. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I didn't get that though. Like, I I thought the suit looks great. It is comic book accurate. It's very comic book accurate. Like I put them side by side, mm-hmm. and it, it looks very accurate. Now the thing that, like you said, certain parts of it do look stiff. Like I figured they weren't gonna go with the the face mask, maskless face mask. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, the maskless face mask. The, from the comic book, because in the comic book he has that, and I always will. Why do you have that? Just wear the goggles, and that's it. It's whatever. But um, the his shoulders um, were broad, like the the. It looked very stiff. I understand what you're saying, but again, he looked uncomfortable because of the face mask, maskless thing. And but the suit looks good. The wings look great, and cgi on it was great you couldn't tell that it was cgi i guess it was nice i think it was really good (laughs) i'm calling the face mask thing the claremont cyclops approach (laughs) it was just that was just yeah like that i i mean like he could have gone without that i do like that's marvel's call they want to make it accurate like uh steve rogers is on an end game so i get it but like it, I think the face mask really makes him look um, like tight, like because he has cheeks, right? He has like he has cheeks. He's not he doesn't have um, the like the strongest jawline, right? So putting him in that face mask made him look a little a little bit like he was spilling out of the face mask. Which don't get me wrong, I'm not making I'm not trying to make fun of him. I'm just saying. That the it looked kind of tight there on that aspect of his costume. Um, but yeah, record, I don't even think it was stiff. I just call it frumpy. Frumpy is what I want to go on the record with. I think I think the suit <laughs> looks great. I, it, and uh, like I think it looks great. Like for what it is, it, it looks great. It, I, I didn't expect it to be that comic book accurate. Um, I thought it would they would modernize it um, in a way where you know you have. Um, like, I, like he he would be more comfortable, right? Because you could tell there was a little bit of discomfort there, right? But oh no, I like the suit. I like it. Uh, I, I I couldn't believe they're doing it comic book accurate. But uh, let's talk about my favorite character that no one seems to like. Uh, <laughs> the hero, the anti-hero, John Walker. Do we like the redemption arc? Uh, or do, or did you want something different? Uh, I'll let David take that one first. So I always get to be first and be the bad person. But anyway, um, <laughs> I I actually like. I just want to. I'm probably going to defer this whole thing because I just don't understand what he was doing in that episode. Like I I I watched it again and I was like I still don't understand. What he was, tr- what he was trying to do. Like I know we talked about it last week. There's going to be this three-way fight, 
he came in and he was trying to stop Carly. And then immediately he just got his little fake ass shield kicked away. Then he got jumped <laughs> by four or five of them with a <laughs> like it was hilarious. And then, and then he tried to like save the people, but I'm like, it just like it doesn't fit his character, like all the things we're talking about. I'd rather them made him go full villain than whatever this is. Because okay. they, it would fit more to like the fact that America betrayed him and now he's, now he's bitter. Person. Yeah, exactly. Like now he's his own person. So now he's got to go against it. Now he wants to be his own man. That's great. But to do all that and still be this like half assed, oh, I was trying to help or whatever. And then include the scene at the end um, with Madame Hydra. I was like, one of these two didn't need to belong. Like the Madame Hydra thing could have been way more, I don't know, villainous, <laughs> if you will. But instead, it was like a campy scene where it's like they're friends or something. Like it was just weird. So I don't understand his whole point to being there. Yeah, he got a great comic accurate suit too but what like i just don't get it uh, i they lost their way with john walker in my eyes okay all right i think i think it's all about setup man they set even that stupid scene with uh lady hydra the they're all chummy and then all of a sudden she, she tries to use her first name or something she's like nope we're not friends we're not there yet like it's like a call it's a setup to um what Gus is already predicted to be Thunderbolts. I don't know if they're actually going to go through with that. Mm-hmm. So, Thunderbolts, they're not going to set up to be a bunch of like, uh, they're going in the route of the Suicide Squad, where even though we know they're terrible villains, the way they're written and presented to us makes us feel like they could be a bit of a better hero if they tried. Um, in the terms of having him all of a sudden have a change of heart, you're absolutely right. That's not like him. Like, I was expecting him to see... I was expecting him to run after Carly instead of trying to save the uh, the passengers that were on the thing, making Sam's presence necessary. I honestly would have preferred that. Like, right? like I I think that his introduction, he, he should have been... I feel he should have been more menacing. That he should have came in and get straight to the point where he comes at all of them and fights them well, like to the point where he looks like he's going to kill another Flag Smasher and then like Bucky or Sam shows up and stops him, right? I would have preferred that better because what was happening in this episode, he gets there, he gets jumped, right? And then he goes after Carly and then he sees the truck and granted he does try to save the truck he does try to save it but like at the same time it's i would have preferred if he was half an effort and he just said you know what i'm gonna leave it and then he goes after carly and then he leaves it for like sam to do does that make sense more like a selfish need i didn't get that from him because he should have been more involved I'm more upset that Sam was going around pretending to be Captain America in his eyes. I feel like that would have been a better fight. That they, again, would have to fight him again. And this time, he would be... 
as as reckless as he could possibly be, throwing the shield and uh, hurting people in the distance. Just, I feel he should have been more villainous. He should have been the main villain at that point uh, because Carly, and again, that's just my opinion because then, like, she, he should have been more villainous. And speaking of Carly, like, what do you guys think of Carly's arc? Like, now that it's finished, Carly's arc, speak on that because for me, Carly's arc was terrible. But yeah, there's not much else to say. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone agrees with it. Like we saw, it was bad. It was bad, like execution of like how they introduced Carly and the Flag Smashers to be like, what point are they fighting for? And it just got muddled. Like we we understand it. It can be like a one sentence thing, but they just didn't execute it well. And the fact that. She she dies in the end, and it's this like it wasn't a dramatic scene by any means. Her chasing around Sam because he's like I don't want to fight. Like I was I was losing my mind, being like this is so pointless. And then the way she dies, even worse. I, I even typical though, black woman gunned yeah. down by an officer. <laughs> run down by a white woman and then <laughs> the fact that she dies to propel um are we talking about the spoiler yet or yeah to, you can talk about the spoilers the, You've fact already she, the fact that she dies to propel uh sharon's character as the power broker as like villain of a new villain like that just adds all the tropes we keep talking about i'm um it's just so easy to change it and i feel like they said the, Doing the same thing that we've seen have... for years, like Malcolm Spellman. I, I have no faith in you, but you really need to try something else. Well, here's the thing. My my. Uh, while I was watching with my daughters, um, uh, my daughter was the one who noticed a glaring plot hole with that whole entire scene, where she's like, "Well, if." she's been communicating with Bucky and Sam through the earpiece the entire time. And we don't know whether or not she turned it off. Couldn't they hear her talking about that? About being the power broker? That would have been nice. (laughs) Like, that's the thing because, like, we don't get the indication that she turned off her mic because, like, Sam talks to her while she killed a, a flag smasher. And it's like, they just were just talking. There's no indication that they turn it on and off it's always on so if carly's saying that you're the power broker and whatever and gsp's there or bad rock sorry um why wouldn't sam and bucky hear that conversation with the earpieces they have in their ears right you know what i bet he did hear the speech but just like his speech to the un to the world he wants to listen to both sides his bullshit (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) <laughs> man trying to reach across the aisle while Carly's dying on the floor bleeding to death like he heard everything Sharon said but he just wanted to take a blind eye to it <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying the, that that was a point that was made and I was like yeah you know what that's right they should have heard that conversation right um, there's another point that was brought up after her trial um, 
about her joining her old position as Shield, and I'm like, if we're following the the actual TV show, there there's like five people left in Shield. <laughs> Like and she's oh. there talking about oh we're gonna get this asset that asset everything's for sale I'm uh, like there's nothing left <laughs> no I'm sorry you're incorrect the MCU does not recognize Agents of Shield as canon they don't yeah. recognize it they don't recognize it as canon uh, they used to but then they they retconned it so Shield you don't know what's happening with actual Shield no the but Shield, Shield broke down when. Like Winter Soldier happened. That's we, right. We know that Cat. We know that Nick Fury is not actually running Shield or anything right now because he's running the Skrulls in space. But he, there is no Shield right now. Right. So, so the point still stands. <laughs> yeah. So, but not according to Agents of Shield. It's according to the movies, which yeah. is even worse. Like, <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. Yeah, she got her same position back. So what's her position if she's Agent 13, right? Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. Like, I mean, if we're going with the movies, Vulture has more tech to sell from S.H.I.E.L.D. than she would actually have to. Because his company was responsible for cleaning up the the invasion on Avengers, Hmm. right? So someone already beat her to the punch, unless he plans to kill the Vulture. Right, yeah. like another plot thing to think you're, about, but you're you're going too far with it because again, Sony and Marvel are aren't aren't on the same page. So there you go. But that was an opportunity for them to like mention an aim or an hydra or something. Like it doesn't have the to Le- be words, but the, they... Le- the Leviathan, yeah. yeah, like that Madam Hydra uh, works with. Right, I get it. Yeah. That could have been the new the new big bad, right? Uh, it like you said, John Walker's post credit scene or his ending of this on the show isn't menacing enough. It's not. It doesn't give the feeling of danger. It feels like he's like just a guy who's trying to do well, right? Whereas he, he he's being redeemed. Like he's walked away from murdering somebody in cold blood. And now, Shout out for Dave for calling that out last last episode. Talking about he'll be fine. He's a white guy in America. He'll have a book that, tour. Yeah, <laughs> on the wrist. Now he's got a better job than when he had before. Than he had exactly. before. Now he's allowed <laughs> to do whatever he wants. He can kill whoever he wants. Um, but yeah, like that is the like. There's there's the, the I know what people are. It's inspirational for people to see representation in this but this i don't think it was written well enough for emotional cries and tears and stuff like that um it, it was a good episode but it could have been better it, it could have been way better for in my opinion um but i like the it like there the good job. there were good moments in it like the good moments of use of technology from sam and and like, can we talk about how Sam always seems to be getting his butt kicked? Like, he needs training. He well, needs... let's be fair. He's been fighting nothing but super soldiers. I'm sorry. And then Bardrock, who who already went toe to toe with Captain America himself. Rom- so Rumble he's... wasn't 
wasn't Romlo wasn't uh Crossbones wasn't a super soldier. But Ant Man's not a super soldier. The point is Sam needs some training one hundred percent. He needs some training, man. He needs some training. Every fight. Every yeah. fight he's ever touched. And this one he didn't even win. He pushed him away and ran out the window. Yeah, wait. <laughs> he jumped out the window. Yeah. Like he didn't win the fight. And even with Carly, he wasn't winning that fight. No way. She even got the drop on him, got a gun in his face. And he was just standing there. For the record, well, at that point, at that point, he realized he had no hands, and he was just like, "I'm not fighting you, Carly. Please." Yeah, like, <laughs> I know they're trying to make him seem like he's a soft, like not a soft. Like, maybe the word is soft, but they're trying to make him more compassionate. But at the same time, throw them hands, bro. He throw them. Hands. <laughs> there he are no hands. <laughs> Anyways, but there are some generally good highlights. I, I you know, I, my favorite. My favorite part was actually uh, when they first showed the the suit, and he he hits that man in the in the neck with the shield, and basically kills him. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was it for me, like that. Uh, and the part with him pushing up the truck, um, I, I feel like those were good moments. There were like the use the action scenes. I really did enjoy. I really did enjoy just the moments that were shown where he's doing the speech and everything. I I think they felt flat because they it it felt kind of corny, like where the guy was like, "Yay, uh, yeah, that's Black Falcon," and it's like, "Nah, that's Captain America." It was like ah, something's just it just didn't feel right for me some, somehow. Um, but anyways, let's talk about. Uh, our next topic. If uh, anybody has anything else to say, what's your rating on it? You guys have a rating like three out of five. What do we got here on the episode or the whole series? I, you know what? Give me both. Let's do for the episode and then for the whole series. Episode one, series three point five, and I'm only. I think that's even me being generous because I've been waiting for this next story of Bucky and Falcon and seeing what they do next. They had some really good points. I just think it got muddled when they decided to talk about race. Um, like, I don't think, I don't think they had the range, but I think as a show, like they had a lot of promise. It was exciting. A lot of plot holes in the end. And that's why you lose some points, but 3.5. For the whole series. Wow. You're out a harsh reviewer. Out of five. Out of five. Okay. All right. That's a seven. It's a good. It's good. Passable. It could be worse. Trust me. Okay. Uh, all right, Eric. What's your what's your score? For me, um, you can ask. Gus knows better than anyone. He comes up to me and he's like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'm just like, listen, I'll watch it when I watch it. I usually go into things with no expectations. So that being said, I wasn't really part of the hype train when they said that this was happening. Uh, when I watched it, I was actually surprised that they they at first the first episodes they weren't they were only setting undertones of having of the race problems in America, but then they actually uh, 
basically through Isaiah went forward and dipped their whole toe into that, which is something Stanley always wanted to do. So it makes sense, I guess. I just didn't think they'd have the balls to do it on this show. Um, the writing, the action scenes, I give it overall out of uh, out of five, I guess I'd give it a four, four and four point five, because it did what it was supposed to do. It it gave you two, otherwise well, especially with Captain America gone, two sidekicks who now have to take on the mantle of being full time heroes themselves. And they gave you trauma, they gave you somewhat character growth, and they gave you a bunch of action. Uh, I'm okay with it. I liked it. Okay, yeah. I'm uh, I'm on the same lines as you. To be honest with you, I, I think that um, my overall rating of it is going to be a 4.5. Uh, for the episode, uh, I'll give the episode like a 2 out of 5. Um... Yeah, you know what? No, three out of five. Three out of five. Uh, because the, all in all, overall, I was really excited. From start to finish, I was really excited for each episode, which was good. And I liked the way that they did it. Um, they gave a good story up until the villainous part. Like the, the villain, Carly, wasn't really didn't feel like a villain. But they gave us some good development for the characters such as Bucky and, and Sam, which is like, you don't get that from the movies because they just were like, as Eric said, psychics who made jokes apparently whenever they interacted because they were so different. But now you see them grow as people that have feelings, that have trauma, that are going through things, have to go through therapy, which is not something that people usually want to talk about. Like Bucky had to go through therapy. Sam couldn't get alone. These are real world problems that they were going through. Um, I just wish they executed more with the villain itself, like having John be a full villain or Carly have a better script. And uh, I think, all in all, I'll give it a four out of five. It's not bad at all. Um, but <laughs> here's my, uh, my next take, if you guys are interested. Our next subject will be the Mortal Kombat reboot. Can we call it a reboot or? Uh, I, at this point, I don't even care. Uh, before we get into it, I just wanted to say one thing uh, about just one last thing about the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, they had a chance, and it sounded like based on what the hearing was for John Walker, they were thinking really highly or hard about whether they wanted to take on. Uh, the issues that happened with former soldier vets, and I think I, I think it's kind of sad they eventually crapped uh, whipped out and they didn't tackle it because it's that's what they that's what Marvel has been since the sixties, right? They've been able to shine lights, even if it wasn't so direct as to it, like say, hey, listen, we got to do better with air how we treat our veterans, like they usually don't shy away from those kind of things. And to see them do that, do that, or at least dip their toe and not go all the way in with the John Walker trial is a little sad. Because I'm sure there would have been vets that appreciated it too. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. And then my last point to 
just to wrap up Falcon or Cap and Winter Soldier also is I think not just them, but Marvel as a whole. Like, I think Marvel is an interesting time as maybe they've been feeling the pressure for years, like the phase one, two, and three to try to diversify their characters and their stories. And now we're getting things like the series we just watched. Um, I just wish with what we had with Black Panther, for example, like they took a risk to bring on Ryan Coogler that like nobody knew, knew was a dude from like uh, Oakland. I know they picked Chadwick, but picking that cast, like they tried something different and edgier than they've ever done before. And I think now back to this series when they're trying to talk about race or even going forward with some of their casting choices. We'll talk about the Shang-Chi trailer at some point. I think they are reverting back. Like, instead of trying to... Push the envelope? Yeah, instead they're just trying to diversify and not actually fight for any of those people. They're just saying, hey, we're going to add more black people, more Asian people. But we're not actually going to talk about the issues they want to talk about. We're just going to keep writing it the way we want to see it. And we're going to pick people to put on screen the way we feel about it. Mm. Um, That still markets to mainly white audiences. Like they're not trying to rock the boat or anything anymore. Where, yeah, they really had a, they had an opportunity to keep pushing that boundary and to keep, trying to change the way we think about comics and the characters that we all grew up with. But instead we're just reverting back to making it palatable for white Americans to be like, yeah, you know, I love that character, but I know nothing about his background or his race or anything. What he goes through. (laughs) Yeah. But it's great that that person is Chinese or whatever. Like there's, there's no like meat to it. And mm. hopefully they prove me wrong, but what I'm seeing right now and with what they tried to do in this, like they don't have the range to be telling these stories. Ryan Coogler, Ryan Coogler had the range. And now that we're getting a cap four with Malcolm Spellman who wrote this or who was the head writer on this series, like I am terrified of what that means uh, for the future of that story. Like, I hope they really bring in some other writers or some other people to kind of push what a black Captain America could do for the country. Instead, he's just going to be, you know, I want to hear everybody's story. We're supposed to be all unity and kumbaya and shit, but that's not the case, right? Like, mm-hmm. we live in a world where we are at a certain level because of 400, 500 years of oppression. You have to take that and put it in your stories if you really want to talk about it and get real. You can't just be like, oh, you know what? We're all gonna, everyone just has to listen to each other. But yeah, that's my two cents. Well, it's probably too late now, uh, to be honest with you. Like, that that should have been in this series, period. But, but now like, he's gone yeah. on to be Captain America. Captain America, no matter who's behind the mask, is supposed to be a symbol of unity. So they can, still, they can still push his. They can still push what that means 
going forward. It, it Captain America, I'd push back and say he's not necessarily just unity, but he's supposed to be fighting for what's right. You know, right, that is correct. You know, yes, you could you could push and use that character on later stories, and not make it some white savior thing where he's like going in and saving kids from the hood or something like that. But he can actually do things and push people to think differently about how they think about black people and this in this kind of leadership position um, who people are going to look up to like what we had with black Panther and T'Challa. And that's why people were like idolizing Killmonger and whatnot. Like we had these figures where you had to really think differently about the characters and realize that like, Black people are not monolithic and we come with struggle and we come with love and all those things. But this guy is just, he just feels hollow to me. And I really hope they start to dig into it later on in the story. Uh, you want him to fill out. Yeah, I really do. But uh, what I saw so far was, yeah, nothing. But I hope, I hope, like I'm going to watch every Marvel thing. We're all. Yeah, we're, yeah that's we're not, that's we're not a question. <laughs> that's not that's not the question though. What what the question is is whether or not they're going to push the envelope uh and and give some real content because I again these are this is for entertainment purposes. Some people are like take the politics out, but Captain America's always been about politics. His first comic book he punched a Nazi. That's that's political in itself. His name is Captain America. You but the comics, the comics are political. Like you can't, the characters are pol- like you. I hate when people say that because you cannot take, you cannot take politics out of anything. If it, even if it was all white people, you couldn't take politics out of it because by having all white leads or all white superheroes, that's still political. You know, mm-hmm. so, the comic books itself. Stanley wanted to be political. He wanted to push his envelope. So then, keep that alive and push as far as you heavenly can. No, we'll see. We'll see what we don't know what we don't know, right? So Captain America 4, you never know. They could be writing a fantastic script that uh <laughs> we better hope this TV series, right? And you get in there and you're like, "Wow. This is what this is the fina- this could be the finale. This is this is it. This is a great episode or this could be the beginning of a, the next season or something like that." So we don't know what we do, we don't know. We'll, we'll we'll find out. I look forward to Captain America four. I look forward to seeing Anthony Mackie get a chance to shine as Captain America. Um, but sure. on that note, on that note, let us talk about Mortal Kombat <laughs> the reboot. Or I, you know what? I'll call it what it is: Mortal Kombat the prequel. Because that's what it felt like to me. Okay. First learned about this seven years ago. On a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target had superhuman abilities. the same marking you do Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament. 
battle champions. That dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. Mortal Kombat. Um, Mortal Kombat, where we got introduced to a new character that no one's heard of, uh, no one's ever seen before. Uh, we follow him uh, and his family as they are uh, basically chased by assassins known as Sub Zero and uh, Outlanders. Um, and we pr- pick up from there where he gets introduced to. Some of our other characters, such as Jack, Sonya Blade, Kano, Liu Kang, and Kung Lao. Uh, the story progresses, and <laughs> wow, does it progress. Um, general thoughts on Mortal Kombat, Eric? Uh, okay. From what I could see, because uh, I, I don't think I've properly watched the movie all the way through, even though my fourth attempt was there. Uh, wow. That's, yeah. That says a lot right there. <laughs> that is... Go on. Continue, please. Please enlighten us. Uh, first things first, I'm a big fan of the uh, the video game, the recent one, Mortal Kombat 11, even though they've, they've had to retcon some stuff on their own storyline too, so I, can, I don't expect much from the movie. But even the simplest details have been thrown out the window, right? And so, like, first of all, there's never been a Mortal Kombat without Johnny Cage and Luke Kang present, right? Johnny Cage is flat out missing, flat out missing, right? And this, they they set this uh, before the original, the first Mortal Kombat, like the Sega Genesis one. So Kato's there, um, some random two two characters that I have never seen before are there, and then there's um, Cabal who was in Mortal Kombat too. Their continuity is very weird, and I that's okay because Mortal Kombat is in flux in that sense too. The action scenes were were pretty much carried. I hate to sound to make it like this, but Honestly, they were carried by Sub Zero and Ray and um and Scorpion. The like Jax, the person they picked for Jax is not bad. I don't think he's he. I think he's got action chops, but any action scene that was missing Scorpion or Sub Zero to me fell flat to me. Didn't feel like a real good fight. And that's pretty much all I'm gonna say about it. In terms of how it ends, I don't even remember. Man, it's it's whatever. <laughs> Wow. Dave? I absolutely agree with everything Eric is saying. (laughs) I watched this movie. I was wildly disappointed. The fight scenes were the best part of it. But you're right. The beginning fight scenes, like the first seven minutes, which is what they released online, it's the best part to me. All the other fight scenes just like wrapped up too quickly the characters itself they i'm not even mad at the idea of this whole trilogy thing that they're trying to do with the prequel and then later tournament and then after but 
what they could I, they wasted characters and they wasted any like there's no development there's no nothing for any of these characters there's barely there's barely personalities to some of these people especially when you know that like Luke Kang is probably the main storyline I know it's now Cole but everyone just fell flat except for maybe scorpion at the beginning like the uh the original one hmm. and that was still we didn't get enough um we don't know how he came back it was so weird <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, you've been gone for well, hold on that is not a 500 years i'm just telling you uh just in case anybody's listening goes oh that was a spoiler that is not a spoiler. They gave you that in the trailer that he does come back. So, yeah. If you don't know the character of Scorpion by now, you shouldn't be. You should be playing the video game. You shouldn't be listening anyway. Right. You didn't know Scorpion's the demon that comes back from hell. You shouldn't be hearing this. <laughs> but it, it all just fell flat, right? Like, look at all the characters that we had, and maybe this is their problem was trying to jam in too many characters and trying to excite us with all the fatalities that instead of just picking six or seven people to fight with and really digging into them, they just said, Hey, we're going to do 19 of them and they're all going to do these really quick scenes and be pointless. Like I was really pissed at reptile that, <laughs> yep. um, reptile, who else? Lutang is yeah, useless to me. Um, I'm not even mad about keeping Johnny Cage out because I was like, you're going to keep... You have room for one cocky white guy and they gave it to Kano in this one for some reason. Um, yeah. <laughs> one or the other, but I'd probably... Johnny Cage would have made more sense, but they just wanted to use Kano because they wanted someone to speak Australian. I don't under, I don't get it. But... Okay. Well, yeah, that, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. Okay? I think Kano had the most personality in the movie. Actually, I think he acted the best in the movie. Is that weird for me to say? Yeah. Like, <laughs> his acting was brilliant. Uh, like, he played his role perfectly. He's but he would be brilliant because everyone else was so bad. Bland. bland. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> what's the pro- that everybody else was so bland. Like, when, even with Cole uh, getting told that he's part of, he's been chosen, it just... He didn't seem to have a reaction where he's just like, I don't believe you, or like, whatever. He just goes along with it, right? He's like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, okay. My family was in danger for two seconds, and yeah, I'm just going to go with you guys and leave them abandoned, right? Like, the bloodline thing was weird to me because it's like, Cole is the bloodline of Hansel, but so is Cole's daughter. So bring her with you to wherever you're going because you need to be safe. You left him at home. Like, after he kills you, who's he going to kill next? Right? They're going to kill your daughter. Like, ugh, just doesn't make any sense. But, like, I. Clearly, like, this wasn't written by a doting parent. <laughs> no, but obviously. Um, or a neglectful one. Yeah, like probably a neglectful one. So that's what I was thinking during the the movie. Like, and I get it. It's it's like you're trying to make this an epic action movie, and you have the scenes that you have, but the 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 meat of the story, 
you could have watched. I don't know if you any of you guys have watched it, but um, Scorpion's Revenge. Uh, Scorpion's Revenge is an animated the animated version of this movie, mm-hmm. um, where it shows what happens uh, with Scorpion and and Sub Zero. And to make to me for me anyway, to make what was really bothering me is that they make Sub Zero a villain, right? But Sub Zero isn't a villain. Like he's not necessarily a villain. He is somebody in, is an imposter that pretends to be him and kills Scorpion's family. But isn't just and, his brother? Hmm? Isn't it his brother? I, no, I don't even know. Kwan Chi. Yeah, oh, Kwan yeah. Chi is the wizard. Yeah, yeah the, the sorcerer. Right. He pretends to be Sub Zero and kills Scorpion's chi- uh, wife and child, right? Maybe that's in part three. But it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, but that's the thing. Behan, they make Behan like just a, a murderer, just like basically a dishonorable murderer who works for Sa- Shanti Shan. And it's like Shang Ti Shan, is that what he just called him? I called him Shang Ti Shan. I don't care what Shang Ti Shang, Shang Ti Shang. I don't care. Okay, there's no need to go that far, but like, uh, okay, yeah. sorry. Let me just say he just works. Yeah, he's Shang Chung. He's just the worst. Like, he had no motive. Like, he had no motivation. Why is he killing the family? They didn't explain that there was a feud between the two clans. They didn't explain that, like, They've always been arrivals. It was just like, yeah, right. I'm just coming here to kill your your line because there's a prophecy, and it's like, well, that's weak. Yeah, right. So right. like, well, we gotta it, put it to this way too. the The writing of that is problematic because, like, what those two ninja clans are on Earthrealm, which means they're Earthrealm defenders who thought they were better than the other, and Quan Chi used that to his advantage and did what he did to Scorpion. Right, that's, to gain one of them as his allies, yeah. Right, so like they didn't, they didn't give you any of that nuance. And to be fair, most of we could get past a lot of this if it just delivered on the action scenes that it was supposed to. Right, like it's still a Mortal Kombat movie. We're not there to see storyline as hard as, as any other movie, right? It's not right. like if they just delivered on action, everyone would probably be okay with it. But there's a lot of people who are enjoying this movie. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people who are like, this is the best. You guys are crazy for not liking it. But it's who like, I... And I, they're all dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying they're dumb. They're, it, it is okay to have your opinion on this movie. But if my like no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's. Not. <laughs> I I was just like like there was a point where I'm just like sitting back, and I'm thinking to myself because there's a scene where uh what's her name Sonya Blade is explaining Mortal Kombat to Cole, and I'm saying am I being white explaining this? Why does she have all this information? Why couldn't it be Kung Lao? Or Luke Kane, who explains this to everybody? Oh my God, they wasted Kung Lao too. Oh my God, don't even get me started. That's my favorite. That's my guy. <laughs> That's my guy, right? And to have him, he uh, like to have him as a trainer is great, right? You want to be trained by a Kung Lao. I get that, but to have him 
the way he goes out, it wasn't even like he didn't even go out fighting. Like, yeah. it's like they you just... know why though, right? Because the guy who plays Sancho, I, I don't, I don't think he can actually hold his weight in action move in action scenes, man. Oh, you mean the guy from Batman? Yeah, sure, I get it. It's like he doesn't have the action, the action chops or the the fighting technique. That's it's... what doubles are for. They could have made that like not everybody needs all that training. You could have had him do something, but instead they were social distancing for that whole time while everyone else was fighting, and then he just <laughs> he, he just swoops in at the last second and steals a soul. Like right. Can I, can I? Yeah, like if he has the power to do that, why didn't he just do that from the beginning? Like, and the thing with Raiden, Raiden is saying he's not involved in this stuff, but he could have saved everybody. Like, you're teleporting people. How come it takes them so long to get teleported out of there? The whole scene falls because people disappeared instantly when he did it. But let Cole gets knocked out of the teleportation, and then Kung Lao moves out of the way of the teleportation. It just Everything about it doesn't make sense to me. Like it's just, uh, it's upsetting just to have that happen, just to see him go out like that. He didn't even get to throw a kick at the man's face. If Shanti Shang could just, or sorry, Shang Chi, whatever his name is, Shang Sung, man, no, Shang Sung, <laughs> I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> if he can just pull people, why did he show up and not just pull? all the characters towards them and take their souls. At least with the first Mortal Kombat movie, well, the one that, the original one that we had, the it made one. sense. He, they needed to be beaten in order for them, for him to take the soul because he, they need to be in a weakened state. Kung Lao was in perfect shape through, like, throughout the whole movie he was beating up on people and you're telling me he just gets floated away and they suck the soul out of him. Spoilers. I don't care. Spoilers. But that was ridiculous. I'm sorry. All right. All Let's right. Just... All right. We can all agree. Writing wise, it was a hot mess. And that's fine. Because at the end of the day, you're not there to see great character development from a, from a game-based movie. Just Is deliver it... the action scenes, man. That's it. Okay. So... I know. I know. It sucks that our favorite character died in the first episode, and he died in such a crappy way. But I kind of. I I want to see what they do with Johnny Cage's character because they they made it a point uh, to be first of all, where's Striker? Because Striker's supposed to be Cabal's part. Um. Uh, CEO or something. Sorry, I think Cabal's supposed to be his informant. But that's later on too, right? I guess I don't know. Yeah, no. that's later on. But again, like there's certain things like even the a night the wolf. Scenes, <laughs> yeah, like even the scenes with like Goro, like like they just he just shows up, right? And it's just like I don't know, it just shows up, and he's just like, what what is going on here? And even that's luck lackluster because yeah. it's like it was a very lackluster fight. It was like <laughs> like I know it's CGI. I know you're supposed to be like feeling it and everything, and you're like, okay, CGI, whatever. Don't get me wrong, the CGI looked great. Like, did it? You know what we're watching? You know when we're watching this movie? My kid turned around. You know when the first, like the first ten minutes when they show Outworld, he turned to me and said, "Hey, is that where Black Widow dies?" 
That was my oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's funny. My girl. Oh, that's so funny because my girl says something along those lines too. It's like, is that Wakanda? And I was like, wow. Wow. I was like, no, don't disrespect Wakanda like that. It's like the mountains and everything. I was like, no, no, no she, she said it's Wakanda if everything died on it. Yeah. Or like okay. if a meteor hit it or something. That's what she said. Okay. I laughed at that too. <laughs> yeah, she was just like, "What the heck like, is this?" <laughs> yeah, and then they're just like, I, "There's part, there's a point where the uh, where the like they're walking and they just they're just dirty, and you're like, why are they dirty? Like, what's going on in this in this outland? Like, what's going on? Why are they dirty? They just all of a sudden just dirt on their mm-hmm. face, and you're just like, why? And why is why are they cheating? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Like." This whole movie, man. I, All like, right. I Let me believe- summarize it for everyone. Listeners, if you want to see a good Mortal Kombat movie, go to YouTube and watch the cutscenes for Mortal Kombat 10 or 11. That's no, it. No, no, <laughs> no, no. If you want to see a good movie, uh, watch the original Mortal Kombat. Enjoy that. Or uh, do Scorpion's Revenge. Either way, you're getting a better movie than what this is. This is. If I if I had to rate this movie, this movie would get like a one out of out of five. That's cold. Meh. I mean, I don't. I I still technically can't rate it. I didn't see all of it yet, so like I kept falling asleep through pieces. I, like he fell asleep. Like Dave, <laughs> he fell asleep. I watched the movie twice already because we had to restart it for him to watch it again, and he Never fell asleep. I don't blame you for falling asleep during that movie because nothing was there to keep you up. So. <laughs> All right, well, that, yeah. What's your rating? What's your rating on that? I know my rating. I said one, so like, what's your rating on that, Dave? Zero point two. Woo! <laughs> this guy is harsh. <laughs> and Netflix. I only give I can't, it. I can't. Actually, going back. The the Sonya the Sonya Blade and Kino fight in her little trailer that actually knows it wasn't that bad when I was thinking about it because oh, it was the close, the close quarters little fight but mm. and then the Scorpion Sub Zero fight at the beginning the last one sucked I I wasn't feeling that one at all the, but, the, the the last one you see that's the thing I didn't like for me the last fight between Sub Zero and Scorpion it was unnecessary to involve Cole. Yeah. Does that make sense? For me, I was like, just let them let them two fight and just be done with it. Like you have two on one and you're trying to tell me, all right, then that's how we fight now. It's like that's just gang mentality. It's like gang gang. Let's just beat this guy up. And it's like there was a good moment in there where you think he's going to run away from the from the fight and he just closes the cage because he's like, Yeah, I, I would have preferred if he started to whoop on them even more. But they just like cheaped out on the fight from that point. And like, I really like that actor for Sub-Zero, man. He's the greatest. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a huge fan of him. He's in Moria, right? He's in the raid. He's, I think yeah. he's in the raid. He was in the original raid uh, as a sergeant that was trying to actually save the main character, but he fell into the hands of Mad Dog. 
Anyway, he would have been a better Cole because Cole can't act. <laughs> wow. So now I know why he didn't get the Shang-Chi job because he was apparently I saw an interview where he was like mortified he didn't get it. And the man is great to look at, but no, the range is not there. And maybe he didn't have a lot to work with. So maybe I'll give him that. The writing wasn't there. But yeah, it just wasn't impressive at all. Um, you know what? Yeah. Let's go to something that won't disappoint us. What about that thing? Thank you, man. <laughs> I gave you 10 years to live your life. Now you see me rise. And where did that get you? I trained you so the most dangerous people in the world couldn't kill you. Son, it's time for you to take your place by my side. The Sanchi trailer? Yes. Yeah, the Sanchi trailer. See, that I watched. And I watched it like five times without (laughs) falling asleep. (laughs) So like two minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) I like what they're doing with it. Uh, From what I can see in in that trailer, there is no way... the the ten rings look like actual ten rings from they they look like the the defensive rings from Kung Fu Hustle. Have you guys ever seen that? Mm-hmm. The Buddha rings. Uh, I oh, like yeah. I like that because the original the original story of the rings apparently is that they belong to Fing Fam Foom, uh, which is again if I've mispronounced that name, I'm pretty sure I didn't. Uh, no, it's it's the dragon. Uh, in the Marvel comic books, it's a, a dragon. Um, he, it's I don't know if it's he's a ro- half robot or something like that, but he is. He wear he's supposed to be wearing the rings, and it just happens that Mandarin has the rings, and they're either tech technological in nature or alien in nature. Uh, from what Iron Man has explained, they used to be they used to be very uh, they were supposed to be magical before, but they retconned it to make it seem like they're um alien technology but uh i like the fact that they're big and they're on his on the forearms which means that they can still fit a dragon at some point so maybe we might get fing fan foom um but the the trailer was nice um i don't know who the secondary character is the his his partner um the girl um aquafina aquafina that's her name yeah 
Um, I don't know why they always hire her as the Asian supporting friend. Asian woman. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the Asian supporting role. Um, I felt that like maybe they could have picked somebody else, but you know what? I don't know what I don't know, and um, hopefully the the movie turns out all right, and her her presence doesn't bother me that much. So, uh, what do you think about the trailer, Dave? I thought the trailer itself um, was okay. Not bad, not super exciting. It was just a good introduction to this new story we're going to get. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the Mandarin. Like, as this new incarnation, like, not trying to get rid of all those racial stereotypes. Um of like the old comic book. Uh, I'm glad they're going to refresh it again, just like we're talking about with all the other stories. Like, I hope they have the range to do that. Um, action. I hope like it for it being like the first martial arts movie that Marvel's done, they have the money. So I really hope they, you know, brought in the right choreographers for the fighting scenes and everything. Like this is, we, we should get the best, fight scenes in a Marvel movie from this film. Um, and right now that title rank is still Winter Soldier. Yep, yep. And, yep. That yep. Hand, hand scenes. But this movie, we really should get the best action. And I will be disappointed if we get anything less. As for the actors, um, the reason Aquafina is in it, because everyone loves people who cosplay Black people, and she is the number one Asian oh. to do that, and it's true. Like she's been doing that black shit for years, and that's yeah. how she got, that's how she got famous. And then she dropped it, and she's like, "Oh, you know, I'm from Queens. This is how I talk." Except for when she does all her interviews now, mm. that's all gone. Um, whatever. I loved her in the farewell because I love that movie, but I still don't like her. For that for that. Tell me how do you really feel, bro? Okay. Right, and uh, yeah, I'm glad they got. Uh, Simi Liu from because he's from Toronto and yep. that kind of, and he and asked for it. <laughs> yeah, the Kim's convenience, the rep- representation there is kind of nice. I'm still iffy on him because he makes some weird choices about the things he says on Twitter and for capping from Mark Wahlberg, but that's a whole other story. I know a lot about him so far. Um, but I hope I hope he does well in this role. Like and I really hope he just stops pandering online. But that's a whole other thing. I'm excited for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want this movie to do well. I hope the the actual actor doesn't mess it up for everybody with his antics online. Is what I'm getting from you. Yeah, because and and but but the thing is his antics online are the things that Marvel wants. It's the same type of stuff I keep the same things I complain about with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like he tweeted uh, after the finale saying uh, that, you know, that the after Falcon's speech, like that's the kind of messaging that we want. Um, like that's what Captain America should do. I think I have the quote here. I remember writing it down somewhere. He's like, you can champion. You can champion a cause without being a complete radical extremist. There is room for conversation with opposing viewpoints. 
And that's mm. my whole reason why I hated, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier in that aspect. And that's the reason why I don't like this guy. Because he, there is no opposing viewpoints. There is somebody oppressing everyone else and we need to fight that. So uh, I hope he gets his shit together. Okay. All right. That's all right. Fair. So yeah, you really feel. Oh, okay. that's, that's a fair statement. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no opposing viewpoint on discrimination. <laughs> Right, so yeah, that's I get what you're saying. Okay, all right, okay. Well, all right, Dave. Uh, we're about to talk about Invincible. Um, have you watched any of Invincible? I'm still on episode five. Um, Ooh, well, I'm back up. so this is where I drop. Is- yeah, you gotta drop because we're about to spoil. We're on episode seven, and yeah. We're gonna spoil the shit out of that. Oh, that's great! <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Man. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about something I actually like. <laughs> uh, you know what? You're the hardest critic I've ever heard in my life. You better shut the fuck. <laughs> hey, like I'm not, I, I'm not hating just to hate. You know, like there are legitimate reasons why certain things need to be critiqued, and I think everything does. Like that's all to a certain point, but I just want good content you know like we've seen it before there are there are there are movies and there's films where we get things that are like this is the standard and i don't like settling for anything less mm-hmm. um, and, and and if we're gonna settle for something less like you said with mortal Kombat, at least give us good action scenes you know something to like but I'm not seeing any of that of the stuff we watched this weekend, so that's disappointing. Anyway, you guys talk about Invincible. Thanks for having me. I'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> After 20 years, I deserve the truth. What I'm about to tell you will change everything. Amber, I'm in... All right, right. so here we go. Um, We're going to be talking about Invincible. Uh, The episode is called uh, We Need need to Talk. talk. Yeah. So, what'd you think? Uh, I thought it was pretty well done. Uh, The action scenes... uh, I know in the comic they're only supposed to last like a panel and like a nanosecond. But in animation, you gotta show everything, and I like that. I like that's uh, one of the staples for uh, animes like Naruto, where the fight's maybe like three pages, but for whatever reason, the animation pushes to like four episodes, and that's a okay with me as long as it's good. So the action for that was good. The little the plot that they the subplot that they have going uh, with the Adam. Adam Eve lady? Is that her name? Yeah, Adam Eve. Adam Eve, where she's just trying to find herself as a hero, and she's doing, you know, she's just doing what she, what she does on the outside. That's great. Um, the relationship problems that we are seeing with Invincible, I mean, it adds some Peter Parker-ness to him. And I get no, that. I, you know what? I, I, I'm going to have to interrupt on that one because, like, that the relationship problem that he has, I think, is 
is kind of garbage because from what we learned in this episode, Amber knew that he was a superhero weeks ago, right? And she still, did she know before, or she's mad at him for him doing, she tells him do something and he goes and he does something to save their lives at the college and then she gets mad at him for, for and she pretends that she's mad at him for uh, for leaving her. But he didn't leave her. He was he was there fighting the robot guy. So it's like to me that stuff is still the jury's out on it. I think she was just saying that to hide her own surprise, so that when he left, he, she could actually process what she he said. That's my opinion on it. I don't think, I think she, she actually gaslighted him. She figured it out a week ago, and like or weeks ago, and whatever. He was in the hospital. Like she should like if if that's the case, then. The way it came off, the way they wrote it, I think it's a, it's, it, it comes off as like she's manipulating him, like, like you, you knew he was invincible at the college. This is the same two days after the college trip or whatever, like you know, it's not like it's weeks after. It's like they they came back from the college trip, which means that she knew he was invincible while he was fighting the robot, which means she shouldn't be mad at him. And then try to flirt with another guy at the college when she knew he was doing the right thing by saving them in the first place, right? Again, Why? I'm tell I'm pretty sure she's lying about knowing. Pretty sure. Because then why would your attitude be that? That's that's ridiculous. Right? So uh turn's still out either way, but in my opinion, I think she's lying about knowing. She just couldn't hide the fact that she was she felt dumb, and she wants to say, "Well, I knew, and you're still an asshole." Nah. Leave. So, because people do that. Now, I gotta give a, a shout out to Debbie because let's be real, Debbie is the hardest person in this in this book or in this on the show because uh, she confronts Nolan, basically kicks him <laughs> out of the house, balls of steel. Like that is amazing to me because that man could kill a snapper neck and like without even thinking. And he shows that in this episode when he fights all the government agents that Cecil has. And it's like oh. it's not even a fair fight. He's not Rest even in peace, Bobby Hill. If you're out there, you died in G. His name is Donald, not Bobby all right. Hill. It's Bobby Hill. <laughs> so like he when he takes out all those agents, he's not lifting a finger. He basically, at a point, he just bumps into somebody and kills them instantly. So for Debbie to be in front of this man and saying, get out of my house, that's a big, she's big. She's She has the biggest cojones I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and uh, like, yeah, like just going off that battle scene with the agents and uh, Nolan confronting Donald, not Bobby Hill, uh, <laughs> in the house next door, uh, which is really just like, really, really, really a good scene. Donald is able to dodge uh, Omni-Man, which none of the other agents could do, which is a testament to how skilled he was. Um, and 
his life is ended by him blowing up the house and it barely leaves a scratch on Omni Man. These like the it it's good the way that they've wrote in this episode. I am intrigued because this does not follow the comic book exactly. Um but it, it, it still it still catches me off guard and that's what I like. The incidents with Robot Man and uh, the twins. The twins. <laughs> like, that moment made me very sad when he was trying to, when they processed the the copy for him and put transferred his brain into it. Yes. They well, got, not even transferred. They copied it and pasted, pasted, copy and pasted it into his body, to the point where they don't know. They that and they explained that's why they never know who the twin, uh, who the clone is. And it was by on purpose, which is actually pretty a pretty good thing to see. Because, like, yeah, they didn't want to... When the clone knows that it's a clone, it's going to try to kill the original, right? Or the original will try to kill the clone. Like, it, it, I, I see what they're saying, because, like, if you're the original, it's like, why am I listening to you? So if they don't know, they're more likely to listen to each other, right? Hmm. But Robot Man's... Um, or should I call him Rudy now? Uh, his story arc, I like what they did there. They kind of they pushed that through really quickly because that doesn't happen in the comic books until later, way later. So the, they're mixing and matching things from the comic book, which is great because it keeps the comic book readers like myself on our toes. But they kept some things the same because Nolan fighting the kaiju is when Immortal shows up, and it, they did keep that the same. But it it happens in the first seven or I think it's the seventh seventh um seventh comic book issue uh, where you where Nolan or Omni Man fights the Kaiju originally, mm-hmm. um, but I see what they did there and they made it they made it nice. The voice acting in this episode was pretty good with Cecil and and Omni Man. You really felt like Cecil was hurt by this. And he hates what he's doing because he has no plan of action for Omni-Man if these all fail. And mm. he has to make some tough, tough decisions. And boy, whoo, he goes through almost all of them. But yeah. The episode, and uh, what's crazy is the wife understands too. <laughs> yes. Debbie understands what's going on, but she still hates his guts. But at the same time, he hates like, himself too. <laughs> he, like he's he's going through it. He has the guardians on standby, and the guardians figure out that woo, Omni Man killed the other original guardians, and the episode ends with a very graphic scene with Omni Man just basically cutting a man in half, and Mark and the whole world watching online as it happens. And it ends with the famous line, just like the comic book, we need to talk. And I can't wait for episode eight. What is your ranking on this? What's your rating of this episode, Eric? Uh I'll give it an eight, eight and a half. It's it was it kept me interested. It had a good way of tying everything in that was happening in that that this episode. So it made it a little time capsule. I would like to also um, point out the the who Immortal Man. 
the scene, excuse me, the scene where he wakes up and he's just flat out raging to the point where mind control tech won't work <laughs> on him. That we, that was a great scene. I, don't I actually what, felt fear for those twins because I, you know what, those twins are likable to me. I like them, so I didn't want any either of them to die again. And when he, it was just like, Omni-Man, where is he? And she's just like, I, I don't know. And he just he, took out, how did he find And then he the, found them within like a minute. The thing, is, the thing is that we don't know whether or not it was faulty text schematics that the robot man gave them or if it's actually just uh, the rage of a mortal man. So they, they think it's as uh, faulty schematics. Um but Immortal Man could have been raging out, like you said. It's interesting that they they put that in there, um, because really they're supposed to have that ability to to use the um, that tech. Um, but yeah, um, what else do you think? I'm giving it. I'm giving it a straight nine out of ten. I really enjoyed it. The action was great. The um, the storylines look like they're completing. Um, it looks like the last episode is going to be. A doozy. Um, I know how the comic book ends, or how that ends with the comic book, uh, but I can see that's how the finale is going to be. But I don't want to spoil it for other people. Uh, hopefully, they change it up and keep me on my toes. They probably would. Yeah, like it. There's got to be. But it's a it's a straight nine out of ten for me. Uh, um, definitely a winner in my books. I can't wait till next week. Uh, they have me on a weekly schedule now, like where I I need to see things one episode at a time. Where I'm used to watching everything on binge worthy TV, but whatever, it's all good. Anyways, all right. yeah. Well, I I'm gonna stick with my eight. I enjoyed it a lot. It's not something I'm gonna be watching three times in a row though, but it is very good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna watch it again. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it right now. Um, but yeah, that's our that's our show for today. Um, thanks for tuning in uh, to the Blur Society. Uh, we look forward to hearing any comments and concerns or how wrong we were on all of our stuff. Feel free to give a voice message. Feel free to give a like. Um, and we'll see you next week. This is August. This is Gusty J signing off. Um, have a great day. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Blurred Society podcast. Please join us again next week for our weekly reviews.